0: chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. We're going to jump in the word here. Thank God. Ralph, it's good to see you, buddy. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God. If you're visiting and you have a visitor's card, uh, drop it in the offering plate before you go. We want to have a record of your attendance. We want to know that you came. We want to agree in prayer with you for anything you might need prayer for. Uh, visitor's cards are in the seat backs in front of you. If someone should have handed you a visitor's card, if you were coming in, uh, I think Gil or somebody was up front there. But anyhow, uh, definitely at some point in the service, you can come up here. Uh, we, we, we just let people come anytime they want to. Oh, yeah. hey, boy, y'all are awfully quiet today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, just came, we just came from that revival meeting and y'all are, y'all are concerning me. Maybe I'll have y'all come up. We'll just slap slap hands on you. And... <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. You need revived. Amen. No, no, this will help you. This will help you. I know it's Sunday morning. It's a little warm in here. It might get warm. You're not going to die. You'll you'll live. Amen. Amen. But uh, Hebrews chapter two. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter two. Um, you know, uh, recently. I was reminded of something because the Believers' Convention uh, was taking place, uh, the the Southwest Believers' Convention, Ken Copeland's uh, yearly convention in Texas, Fort Worth, Texas, was happening down in Fort Worth. And I had the opportunity, the privilege to be able to go to a Believers' Convention several years ago. In fact, David uh, David Martin's mother and father, they said, hey, we want your pastor to go to the Believers' Convention. Tell him we're going to pay for his room. If he goes, we'll pay for his room. Now, honestly, that wasn't why I wasn't going to the Believers' Convention, because I didn't have the money to go. But you know, when someone's paying for your room to go someplace, you feel a sense of obligation. You know, you don't want to offend them. And so I was like, sure, I'll, I'll go. So we all hauled ourselves over to the Believers' Convention that year. And ha- have, has anyone ever been to Southwest Believers' Convention? Anybody? You know, two of you. Dear God, we need to haul some people to the Southwest Believers' Convention. Uh... So how many of you all have ever been in revival services that we 've had revival services and or something all right so we've been in special meetings you know that there's a, there's some about special meetings that happens there's a there's an environment that's created in those meetings now at the believers convention you know those are faith people and When you walk into that environment, all of a sudden, man, not because you're studying the word, not because you're, you know, making good confessions or the other, I mean, you just show up and in about three or four hours of sitting in those, that environment of faith, your faith starts to, your faith gauge starts to increase. If you were on empty, your faith gauge starts to climb up and the the longer you're there, the more impactful that environment is on you. And so you can go to those faith conventions or uh, if you've ever been to a Benny Hinn a miracle crusade or something of that nature. If you've ever been to something uh, some revival services or uh, you know maybe you went to Pensacola when that was going on or you've been to a Rodney Howard Brown meeting or something of that nature. When you're in that environment it does something to you because we're, we're affected by that environment. It, 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 it messes with us in our spirit and causes something in our spirit to come up and pushes something of our flesh down. When we're out of that environment, uh, it has the opposite effect. When we're, when we're out in the world and we're not spending time in God's presence, the opposite happens. Spiritual matters take a back seat and carnal things Seem to rise to the surface. And so um, I, I remember being at that Southwest Believers Committee. Man, I'm going to tell you right now, I thought I was a faith giant. I was walking around there. Listen, I was looking for a Goliath. You understand what I'm saying? I'm like, F- I dare a mountain to come up in front of me. I will tell it to move. Amen. If, it wa- if there's a mountain wants to end up in the sea, you need to come see me today. You know, people I was getting phone calls from people, I was dealing with people different. You know, someone called me, I'm like, bless God, let's get in faith right now. Amen. You know, I mean, I'm 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 really over there because I'm in that environment. But you know what? A couple weeks out of that environment, you start to you start to understand what was what was what was something that you developed and what was developed because you were in that environment. I mean, you might, you might get a phone call or a, or a letter from a, you know, someone that you owe money to, and all of a sudden, all that faith that you had is in the toilet. Oh, dear God, you know, uh, uh, you're driving down the road, you get a nail in your tire and, and, uh, you get a flat tire and you sold all your money at the believers convention. Yeah. You get a ticket on the way to, on the way to revival. How dare they? Uh, we can't tell what recently happened to Sheree. Anyway, Sheree <laughs> was trying to get me to church on time, and uh, she was going a little fast, and uh, uh, she she got a gift from a trooper. But anyhow, Amen. But you you understand what I'm saying. So let's read this verse of scripture, uh, chapter two of the book of Hebrews. Says this, it says, therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things that we have heard. We must give the more earnest heed to the things that we have heard, lest we drift away. Lest we drift away. I can't remember what it says in the, that's the new King James Version. King James Version says, Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we've heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Mm. Amplified Bible says it this way. It says, uh, it says, since all this is true, we ought to pay much closer attention than ever. Mm. Say, pay, say pay, close pay close attention. You know what? Whatever, whatever grabs your attention is going to affect glory to God you. whatever you choose to pay attention to is going to affect how you live your life Amen. and so, and most people in the body of Christ they're paying attention to the wrong stuff they're paying more attention to things uh, you know uh, the Bible the, the, in the book of Colossians it tells us this that we're to set our affection on things above yeah. where Christ is and not on the things on the earth but we're to look we're to look to those things and, and when it's talking about setting our affections on things above what it's saying is this we shouldn't be living on the level of this world system but what we ought to, where we ought to be living is according to the word system Amen. There's a world system and there's a word system. And we as God's people, more than ever before, we can't confuse the two. In fact, we've got to begin to draw a more definitive line between what be the word system and what be the world system. Because what uh, uh, we, we access... When we access the thing that things that God has for us, we don't access them according to the world. Do you, do you know that you don't receive from God uh, because of your seniority? How much time you you're not more qualified because you sat longer in church. You're not more qualified to receive God's promises because you you've been here longer than anybody else. I'm, come on now. I mean, I think we've I think we've learned by now that God don't God God is not God's not the union. Right. <laughs> in fact, you know, if you kind of look at the things God does, He's not really all that fair either. That's right. That's true. Although the Bible the Bible does say He's no respecter of persons. In, in other words, uh, He has He He doesn't play favorites, but that doesn't mean that he dishes out to everyone the same way and the same measure. To some, he gives a responsibility of a greater measure. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? See, we think, we think because God's no respecter of persons that that means that whatever he does for somebody else, he will do for us. But I showed you in scripture. You remember when we talked about the Mount of Transfiguration? that Jesus took with him, Peter, James, and John, and he went up on a mountain to pray, and the Bible says he was transfigured before them. Now, you know what? That's only a quarter of the disciples. Three quarters of the disciples didn't get to have that encounter with Jesus. In fact, Jesus didn't go to them later and say, hey, look, I I was transfigured before these fellas, and so because I'm no respecter of persons and I like to keep things fair, uh, y'all just keep your eye on me. I'm about to transform right now. That's not what Jesus did, but you know our Americanized version of Christianity. Okay, come on. Our Americanized version of Christianity tries to that's that's what's been perpetrated on the body. That's what we've been led to believe. Well, if Brandon can have an experience with God, you can have the exact same experience as Brandon. That's That's not true. That's why, that's, why, that's why a lot of Pentecostal charismatic people have been confused over the years because we've encouraged people, press in. God will do for you. I, I've sat through... and. I, I'm not condemning anybody. I know why we say these things because we want to encourage people to be hungry and thirsty for God, to press in and to pursue God for uh, the fulfillment of his purpose in, in your life that uh, you, you ought to be filled with the spirit. Now, can everybody be filled with the spirit? Yeah. Is everyone, is everyone going to end up um, filled with the spirit like they were in the book of Acts? You know what? When I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, there was no tongues of fire that, that I saw visible. There was no sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Was I baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with tongues? Yes. Was it any less of an experience than what they had? No. They had a different experience than I, than I had, but I received the same thing that they did. Amen. Are y'all getting? Are y'all getting this? <laughs> Amen. So so we've got to we've got to quit judging whether or not we've received something from the Lord based on if we fell down or not. Well, I want to get it like Rachel got it. That's wonderful. You know what? Aspire to that. If the, Lord, if the, Lord, if the Lord's going to get you like he got Rachel, you know what? He's going to do it. Don't, don't give the preacher a courtesy. If, if Rachel fell out on the floor into the power of God, don't, him, go, don't go giving God a courtesy drop. You're not helping God by giving God a courtesy drop. If, if God takes a hankering to knock you to the floor, believe me, he's going to knock you to the floor and he don't have to have your help. Listen, when I, when, I was preaching, when I was preaching in Hicksville, Ohio, I was there. I was asked by a pastor uh, in Hicksville. Uh, he, was, he, was, uh, he was set in as the pastor of this church. It was a bunch of Lutherans. And these Lutherans had gotten hungry for, for uh, uh, more than what they were receiving in the regular, you know, uh, traditional Lutheran church. And so their pastor, the Lutheran pastor, had enough wisdom that he looked at these people. And instead of telling them they were wrong, he said, listen, I don't... I, I can't help you to get any farther than what you're looking to get. He said, I don't have any more experience than what I have. If you're looking for a Pentecostal or, or a charismatic experience, he said, I know a fellow who's charismatic. I can ask him to come and to teach you all some things. And if there's something for you, more for you to discover, maybe he can lead you into it. And so this Lutheran pastor opened, he, he even let them stay in the church. They just started to meet on a different day, and they started meeting with this local minister who was a charismatic preacher. Well, this guy worked with them and worked with them and worked with them, and I think he was more like Paul. I think he was trying to philosophize with them instead of lead them into having this encounter with the Spirit. But they eventually put a fellow in there by the name of Jay Scott, and uh, he's a black man, and he's, he's a pastor in Hicksville. Now Hicksville was called Hicksville for a reason. Oh yeah, yes sir. In fact, that's a that's a, that's a place in, in Ohio. The KKK set up shop in Hicksville, and they you want you want to talk about uh, uh, segregation and racism and all, whatnot. So he's the first black pastor in Hicksville. Wow. Amen. Boy, you know God's about to do something when he take a black man, and take him to Hicksville. And so he gets in there, and it's not a predominantly black church. He gets in there, and he starts preaching to him. Well, he had been in a revival. We had a, a, we had a revival that went about 20 weeks in Edgerton, Ohio, where God poured out his spirit. And he was in those meetings. And he said, hey, these Lutherans, they need baptized in the Holy Ghost. He said, you reckon you can come and help me out? I was like, you know, we can try. I mean, he's the bat- God is the baptizer in the Holy Ghost. All we have to do is get those people to ask him. And so we, we went, and it was a healing meeting. And we, we purposed in our hearts to get people baptized in the Holy Ghost. Well, one day I came uh, to the meetings and there, was a couple of, there were a couple of Amish buggies sitting out in the parking lot because there's some Amish people in that area. Now, you know what? Amish people aren't real. <laughs> it's not easy to get Amish people out of their community, number one. I wondered what in the world there were two buggies doing in the parking lot of this church because the Amish don't do, that's not something that, that's out of character for them. I don't, to this day, I don't know how they got there. I don't know who invited them. I don't know what got in them to get them to come, why they thought it would be okay, how they weren't afraid of being excommunicated from the Amish religion, by. but they, but they came. And when they came, anybody know anything about Amish people or just a lot, even if it's just kind of, uh, mildly acquainted, they don't. They don't believe in electricity. The, you know the, the, these kinds of things. They certainly don't believe in Holy Ghost baptism. They don't believe in the manifestations of the Spirit. You don't go to the Amish church. People talk in tongues and fall out on the floor under the power of God. And so these Amish people came in, and I'm up there preaching. You know what? I'm not thinking nothing about those Amish people until the Holy Ghost says, "I have a word for that Amish fellow there." Oh yeah. And I was like. You know, in my, in my mind, I'm like, Lord, you ain't got nothing to say to them, but you know what? God has something to say to everybody. If we'll listen, if we'll listen. And so I was like, I was like, sir, I said, I don't, I I know, I know you're not from here, this church. I said, but I have a word for you. I said, would you step out here? I have a word for you. And he stepped out in the aisle, and I began to prophesy over him. The word of the Lord came out of my belly, and I began to give him the word of the Lord. Man, I got through giving him that prophecy, and tears were streaming down his face. I lifted up my hand to put my hand on him to pray for him. The power of God hit him. Down he went on the floor under the, I'm an Amish man, out under the power of God. Listen, if God can take and knock an Amish man down, he can knock you down yeah. without your help. Amen. Amen. You know what? As as sometimes as spirit-filled believers, what, what we've done, what we don't realize we've done is that we've begun to slip away from. Put, will you put that scripture up there, Mercy, and keep it? I mean, I'm just I just want you to kind of leave it up there for the we ought to pay much closer attention than ever to the truths that we've heard lest in any way we drift past them yes. and slip away. See, some of us, some of us don't realize that a, a part of the reason why we're not encountering the presence of God and the power of God in our lives is because we've allowed things that don't have their, you know, this, this idea that God hasn't touched us because we didn't get knocked down and that we have to, and then, then, then we volunteer, we, we help him. What we don't realize happens when we do stuff like that is that we drift away from the truth that we've heard, from not only from the truth that we've heard, but what but the truth that we know. And the farther away that we drift from the truth that we know, the less it becomes, the less the less it is a truth in our life. All of a sudden, we begin to let those things slip away, and we begin to doubt those things. Pretty soon, those things are eliminated. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? But you get, a, you get someone like an Amish fella who is hearing the truth for the first time. I mean, he heard me get up there and preach on the Holy Ghost. I told those people, I said, some of you, God's going to touch you today in a manner that you've never been touched before. Some of you may end up on the floor under the power of God. Some of you might get caught up and under the influence of the Spirit, drunk in the Holy Ghost. But God's going to touch you today with the fire of revival. And he, that was the truth that he was presented with. And when I laid my hands upon him, even though he knew nothing about falling out under the power, he had an encounter, a power encounter with God. He was body slammed to the floor by the Holy Ghost and something happened to him. Now, you know what? I don't know if he went back to the Amish church and now he has slipped away from that. But I tell you what, there's no place that'll cause you to slip away from it quite like the Amish church. Because if you can be Pentecostal and spirit-filled and slip away from some of these truths and some of these things that... Oh, well, I'm, I'm preaching better than y'all are shouting That's amen. Right. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> but I'm, I, I didn't tell that story for that. But I, I mean, it fits in with that, but I only told you that testimony for, for this reason. God doesn't need your... God doesn't need for you to go through the motions without him being in Manifestation. What God needs for you to do is hold steady to the truth. Oh, come on man. pay closer attention more than ever before, right now to these truths, even if these things seem to have not been a, a regular occurrence or Manifested themselves. We've got to pay close attention to what it is that we know that the Word of God tells us, especially as spirit-filled, spirit-led people. Because you know what? The spirit-led, spirit-filled church hasn't been the premier church of these previous uh, of this previous season. The secret sensitive get me out in 40 minutes uh, with a with a cup of coffee and a cookie in my hand. That has been the prevalent thing in 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 America. Oh yeah. Giant mega churches with no mega Christians. Get in and get out. Amen. God, 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 God is able. You know what? I didn't stop. Once I saw the Lord touch that one Amish man, I didn't stop there. I'm like, all oh, the rest of it, there's about seven, seven more of them. I'm like, the rest of you step out here and lift up your hands. God's going to touch you too. I laid hands on all those Amish people down. They went on the floor into the power of God. You know that, that night we had a, that night we had a healing service. We had a miracle service. When I pulled up that night for the healing service, I pulled up and there was a bus sitting in the parking lot. You know what the side of the bus said? First Baptist Church of Defiance, Ohio. I know the church because I grew up in that community. I know the pastor. This is a non-Pentecostal denomination. These are traditional Baptist people. Now, I've been going to... I, I, I grew up till I was 12 in Defiance, Ohio, which was down, just down the road from Hicksville. So I've been doing ministry in that area by the time this, when this happened, I'd already been doing ministry in that area for at least 20, between 20 and 25 years. I've been going to that community and ministering. I mean, I'm in, I'm in my 38th year of ministry. So it's 20 something years we've been doing ministry in that area, ministering, healing to sick people. We saw God give people miracles in their mouth, filling people's teeth, supernaturally Mennonites filling Mennonites teeth, God filling Mennonites teeth with silver and gold. the blind blind eyes open deaf ears pop open we we've we've, we've seen we've seen this god raise people from the dead oh yeah now I, I know this and some of you are like i don't know but no, and it wasn't in another country no cuz god don't send me no place else he it's far, i'm i tell you the weirdest place god sent me to uh, uh, winona <laughs> winona oklahoma i thought it was a jud I thought Winona was a judge. Winona's actually like. <laughs> so when you, when you're in a, when you're an area and God works in that in that manifests himself in that way. So the the First Baptist Church, I, I roll up in there. I go to the pastor. Pastor, I'm like. What is the first Baptist church bus doing here? He said, there's about 25 people that got off that first Baptist church bus. Their pastor's here. He brought them. Guy's name is Max Begley. He brought them. I was like, why? I said, he knows y'all ain't Lutheran no more, right? He knows you're not Luther no more. He said, oh no, he knows. He, they, he said, they came for the healing service. I was like, Dude, this first, ba- first Baptist came for the healing service. He goes, yeah. I was like, why? He said, I asked, he said, I asked pastor the same thing. He said, you know what he told me? He said, I've been hearing about this Ziggy kid for years. course, I'm not a kid no more, but I've been hearing about this Ziggy guy for you. He's been coming through here and ministering healing to the sick. He said, uh, he told Pastor Jay, he said, I thought, I thought to myself, I've got people in this church that are terminally ill. The doctors have given up on them. They have no hope. Some of them with chronic sickness, they're constantly in pain. They've tried everything that the world has to offer. He said, I thought to myself, I've heard the testimonies of people that got healed. He said, I thought to myself, what have we got to lose? Let's just, let's just offer it to the people of our church. We'll take them over there. We'll we'll we'll, we'll, uh, we'll tell them what they ought to expect. So he got up at his church on Sunday morning. He said, listen, there's a guy. He's been coming here and doing ministry for years. His name is Ziggy. Uh, he's a faith healer. That's what he called. Him. He's a faith healer. And I know some of you are sick in your bodies. And I know some of you need, uh, if, if, if you don't get a touch from God, you have no hope. The doctors have given up on you. You're filled with pain. You're filled with disease. He said, so if you'll meet me here tonight at five o'clock, I'm going to take that bus over to Hicksville. And anyone that wants to go and receive prayer uh, from this man uh, and, and can believe God can do it, he said, I'll take you. 25 people showed up, including him and his wife. They came and they were there that night expecting to receive it. You know what? Those Baptists went down under the power of God just like. The only thing about them hitting the floor was it was real. Because they were just being introduced to something. Are you all hearing me today? And when you well, listen, when you, you all know, when you get in that environment, there's something life changing about it. It's transformational. Say transformational. transformational. And that's what we need. You know what? We, we need a transformation. There, there needs to be a Transformation. Now we've we've known of these truths. We've known of the truths that unlock the door to the supernatural power of God. We have been witnesses of these truths. We have encountered these truths. But some of us we think that these things have 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 passed away, or that these things that we've come that we've come to a place where uh, where uh, where we're no longer receptive for whatever reason God's grace isn't upon us for these. Things. I'll tell you what it is. Some of us have not given heed to the things that we've heard to the things that were spoken to us. We've not been radical enough in our believing of these things in order to facilitate them to allow them to be made manifested in our lives now, like it was in another season in another time. Now, I'm going to tell you something. There are times, we've been talking about times and seasons of God. There are times that God, uh, in God's timing and in God's season, that we're out of season. But when we're out of season, we can't let this stuff slip. We got to believe it when we're seeing it. We got to believe it when we're not seeing it. We've got to hang on to it just as, just, just as... As violently as we hung on to it in in a season when we were when we were when we were rocking and a rolling and seeing some things that we 've got to we 've got to hang on to it just as violently and and here 's why because if you don 't you will slip away from it and then when God tries to come and do some of these things in our midst like we have the promise of in these last days some of us some of us were going to be in a place where Oh, come on! I I told you I was going to talk to you a little bit about supernatural increase. Let me tell you. Let me tell you a testimony, and some of you've heard it. There's a fellow by the name of Leroy Thompson. He wrote a book called "Money Coming to the Body of Christ." Now, I know there's some people that have different opinions about people. Here's here's the thing: Um, God doesn't really value your opinion. He loves you, but he don't give a rip what you think. In fact, God don't, re- now listen, there's, there's some, folks, some folks that in the past, you know, in my life, I got rubbed the wrong way by some folks. Mm-hmm. Do you know just because I got rubbed the wrong way, God didn't quit loving them people? Right. That's right. There have been people that have done me wrong. I might live next door to them in heaven. As much as when they were doing me wrong, I thought they were going to hell. God loved them people. He loves them, okay. right? <laughs> and so we 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 gotta we gotta resist the temptation of discarding people based on okay. different opinions that we've formed because of reports that we've gotten right. from other people. Now, I, I I think we I think we ought to be we we should be careful, but at the same time not totally, dis- there are people, there are people that have done us wrong, and I was talking, I was, I was, I was, I was talking to uh, uh, Charlie and, and Shelly in, in my office, I was telling you know, those people, in the last days, God's going to use those people, and he's going to use them, amen, okay. God's going to use them, because mm-hmm. God's a good God, yes, he is. and if he'll use us, and we're jacked up, he'll use them, because they're, you know, but that, that doesn't mean we go and we hang out with them, you know, and, and we, we got to hang on to the truth Amen. that God has given us. So anyhow, Dr. Leroy Thompson wrote a book called Money Coming to the Body of Christ. And I've read the book and I thought it was a great book. There were some truths in that book that brought freedom and deliverance to me in the area of finance. It's a good book. Brought some liberty. I got deliverance. Reading that book in my finances, I, I went to higher levels when I took the truths of the, of the Word of God in that book. Now, you know, I, I can't say that I agree with everything that He says, but much of what He says that's rooted in the Word of God, it'll bring freedom to you. Right. You'll know the truth, the truth will make you free. That's right. And so, uh, you know, he had, he had written that book, and I read it, and shortly after reading it, I went to Uh, I went to Arkansas to preach at a church there, and um, I began to tell the pastor and his associate and youth pastor uh, how that I'd read this book and asked them if they had read it. They're like, oh, not only have we read the book, we were in the services when he first got the revelation because he's there in Louisiana. They were close. And uh, this guy, uh, Leroy Thompson, when he first started getting the revelation, he went to Mark Hankins' church and preached it. And they were there in those meetings. Not only were they there in those meetings, but this this they were close. They they knew Mark Hankins, and so uh, after services, they would go in the back with all the preachers, including Dr. Thompson, and they would sit with them and eat with them in the back. And Dr. Th- they, they said this. They said when he was first getting that revelation, he, we'd go back there, and and you know they would they would have these crawfish boils, you know to. To, to feed the preachers. And they, they, he'd have a big old plate of crawfish in front of him, but he'd just be weeping in that crawfish boat, just crying and weeping before God because the word was just stirring in him. That revelation was just tearing him up. And they said, Man, it was so good. And it, they, they said it this They said it this way. They said, It was so good when he first started out. But then, stay with me. But then, but then... he. Bought a $20,000 dog, and I heard it got run over by a car, and, and you know, how foolish, it, how foolish is that to take uh, money and $20,000 and buy a dog? And then he began to, you know, live this, you know, lifestyle that was, and, you know, I think he started to get off in excess and this and that and the other. You know, they be, now all of a sudden, they begin to express their opinions about right. what they were seeing in Dr. Thompson's life. And, and you know what? I was, just, I was just getting the truth of the revelation of this. I said, so, so the revelation is good, but you're saying he went off course? They're like, yeah. I mean, the, the, the revela- when he first got it, it was good. But then when he started living in excess, that was their, that was their idea, excess. Well, well here's, the, here's the thing with me. Uh, excess, excess? God is a God of excess. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you have a problem with excess, you're gonna have a problem with God. Because right. when you get there, He's good measure, pressed down, yes, shaken together, is. running. That's, that's our God. Our God he's El Shaddai. El Shaddai is what? More than Come enough. What, what is that? Excess. Yes. So God's name is I'm the God of excess. Okay. Yes. I'm the God. Not, he's not the God of waste. Come on. That's right. Come on, somebody. He anoints your head with oil. And guess what happens? Your, your cup don't fill up. Your cup runs over. Come on. Amen. 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 Come on. Amen. Amen. See, some, some of you, some of you because you have a problem with excess, you're trying to make God the God that just fills you. Right. That's right. You bet it's right. Here's my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and fill this longing in my soul. Listen, he wants to do more than fill the longing. He wants to do exceeding, abundantly, above. All you could ask or think according to the power that works it. See, but you know what will happen when you depart from that truth? You will let it slip and you'll be satisfied with crumbs instead of getting the whole loaf. Are you all hearing me? And see, that's... That, and and a lot of people don't reckon, cause when it's happening to you, you don't realize it. Nope. Church, I'm about to help you all out Glory. big time. If 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 someone don't start shouting here, pretty soon I'm gonna throw this stand across the room. We'll patch the hole. This we'll patch the hole. Come on. <laughs> Glory to God. So I I so when they said he got off into excess, I, I was I was already thinking. Wait a minute. I didn't say nothing to him, but I'm like, God, you're a god of excess. I was like, Well, tell me more. Tell me, tell me how you think he, you know, he bought a twenty thousand dollar. Well, you know what? That's <laughs> Michael. Michael Jordan used to bet a million dollars on a on a on a a hole at golf. Right. And then w- when people were like, How dare you bet a million dollars? He's like, You don't understand. Million dollars to me ain't nothing. Right. You got to put it into perspective. Sometimes, sometimes some people have have somebody, can I say this about you, Michael? I had a conversation with Michael one time and we were talking and he, he, he threw out a number of what he expected to, to make in a year's time. He's like, I ain't even, I ain't even showing up to work if I don't make X amount of dollars. You know what? It goes way beyond what most of you think you'd show up for. Do you know what? You're never going to achieve all that God wants you to achieve by slipping away from the things, the promises that produce it. I am preaching. And I believe right now that God is dealing with a. You know what? I've got more phone calls from people in this church. I've got, had more meetings with folks that are coming to our church. I've sat down with more of you. And I'm not complaining. I'm just saying I have spent hours, I'm talking about hours, on the phone, uh, in meetings. And, and guess what? The same thing is stirring in everybody. Everybody's like, man, I just feel like something's changing. Oh, yeah. Abe, you you know what? You recognize you put your finger right on it. Something is changing. You know what it is? You. God is changing you. And and here's what's good about it. Here's what's good about it. Is that some of you have wanted this change. In fact, everyone that I've talked to has wanted this change. And you've tried to make these changes with no success. But all of a sudden, God is rapping on your door with his fist and he's doing it loudly. And he's exclaiming from the other side of that door, I'm about to I'm about to bring about the greatest change in your life that you have ever seen before. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. When God comes knocking on your door, Lord, announcing to you that he's, about to, that he's about to bring about the greatest change of your life. You know what you can count on? The greatest change of your life. Because when he comes around and he starts revealing truth and he starts getting you on point and on course. Glory. So I'm going I'm to help you. I'm going to show you how the devil and how your flesh try to work against you. So, Dr. Tom, I'm hearing this. Now, I'm, I'm getting exposed to these truths. It's blessing me. But, you know, immediately when I begin to hear something that contradicts the truth that I was reading, and I'm not talking about the truth according to Leroy Thompson. I'm talking about the truth of God's word. The minute I let the influence, an outer influence that contradicts that truth to infiltrate my mind and my thinking, and I begin to make decisions based on that Thing that opposes what I know to be the truth of God's word, I'm in trouble. I'm going to start letting these things slip. That's why some of you, two weeks after the Believers Convention, you don't have faith no more because you let it slip. You know how you let it slip. You allowed things that were introduced into your life right. after that conference to get you to slip off of the truth that God gave you. Is right. so what I'm saying making sense, Tim? So I listened, I said, tell me more, tell me more about, it. they said, well, I will give you an example of how, how bad one time he went to a church. They said one time, Dr. Thompson went to a church in Hawaii. And, uh, when he went to this church, they, you know, they, they tried to take care of him and they, you know, uh, they, they got him, they rented him a car to drive while he was on the Island and it was a white crown Victoria. And, uh, they said that he got in that car and, and, um, and he, and, uh, He jumped out of it right away and he said, the Lord ain't pleased with this crown Victoria. And he, and he demanded that they get him a white Cadillac DeVille. So they're, they're telling me that story and I'm like, well, that's not good if that's how it happened. But you all know good and well, you know, how many times have you had people come to our church or been in revival meetings and they said, all he talks about is money. You all know good and well that's not all I talk that's about. Right. That's all they heard because they're plugged that's up about right. it. Right. I mean, it's like fornicators. Only people that get wrong when you preach, the only people that get mad when you preach against fornication are fornicators. Right. Only people that get mad when you preach against adultery are adulterers. That's right. The only people that get their drawers in a bunch over money are the people that have a problem with it. That's right. The ones that are like, well, all oh, they talk about, yep, you got a problem. Because right, nobody else thought that was all I talked about. In fact, go back and listen to the recordings over the last several months, and anyway, you get the picture. But if you let it, if you let things slip, right? That's mm-hmm. right. So, so I heard they said that that was, you know, he, he demanded a oh, white cat. I? I was like, well, that's not good, but it's affecting, it's affecting now my perception right. of truth. And so I'm like, I'm going to hang on to that truth because it was, it, it was transformational. How many truths that you have heard have been transformational to your life? And you know what? The devil is going to try to get you to back off of every one of those truths, no matter how supernaturally powerful they were. And he'll use adverse circumstances. He'll use lies from the pit of hell coming out of the mouths of your family members, out of the mouths of your friends, out of the mouths of well-meaning people to try to get you off of those truths. So that you'll let it slip. Because if he can get you to let it slip, he can prolong. He can prolong your time in the process. He can prolong your time in the process. And you know what? You weren't created to process for very long. God created you to possess, not to process. I'm going to say it again. God created you to possess. Not to process. God wanted you to make a confession, but at some point He intended for your confession to become your possession. And so, some of you all, you've had, you know what? Some of you, I'm going to say this, I'm going to declare this right. Some of you have been a part of this church and all you've had is up to this point is a confession I'm going to prophesy over you your confession is about to become your possession what you have said is about to materialize and is about to come to life right before your eyes glory to God amen Mm, I got to hurry but what, can I can I Will you hang out with me for just a little bit longer? Yes, is. Listen, if your butts fall asleep, turn to the other cheek. It's scriptural. Yes, it is. So, Dr. Th- Dr. Th- Dr. Thompson, I, I, I'm, I'm processing this. I'm, pro- I'm going through a process. And I, I really shouldn't be. I should just be hanging on to that Bye. truth. Well, then I I went to a church and I mentioned to the pastor, I said, have you ever read that book Money Coming to the Body? The the guy's like, oh yeah. He said, I have the tapes. I have it. I have it on recording where he was preaching on it. I said, you do? I said, can I listen? Can I listen to him? He's like, oh yeah. He gave me the tape. We used to have tapes y'all, but he gave me the tapes (laughs) and we used to have tape play. We used to have cassette tape players in our cars. And so when I traveled, I I, I was traveling with Ted, Ted remembers, I had them tapes and I started punching them tapes into the tape player. It was like a, it was like a 24 set tape series. I mean, it was a long one. And so I, uh, I punched it in there and man, I, the first thing that I was shocked about is I was shocked. I'd only, I never even saw Dr. Leroy Thompson. I'd never heard him speak. I only had read the book when I heard him speak. I was shocked because he could barely speak English. I mean, he's just from—he's from, you know, Louisiana. He's got this Cajun sound, and he—he he, he be, he be talking. He be talking like this. He be talking like that. I was like, exactly. "That's him." That's right. That's Right. right. That's him. Yep. I was shocked. I was like, a guy that can't hardly put two words together in English. God gave him this revelation. Boy, listen, if there's hope, Come on. if there ever was hope, there's yes. hope for us. On. That's right. God, God has a history of taking people that everyone thinks. Yes. Amen. Anyhow. So Dr. Thompson, I'm listening to one of the tapes, Carolyn. And Dr. Thompson says, there was one time I was invited to Hawaii to preach. <laughs> and as soon as he said that, I was like, oh, that might be, that might be, that might be it. That might be it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to listen. He said, the church, he said, before I went to Hawaii, the church called me. And they said, Dr. Thompson, we want to be a blessing to you when you come here to Hawaii. We believe in taking care of the man of God. And so we're putting you in a five-star hotel. He didn't ask him to do it. He, he said this was in the beginning when he's first starting to get the revelation of supernatural increase. Of of uh, money coming to the body of Christ. He's first start. He's I mean he's just get, he 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 was he had a church of 30 members in a community of 300 people, and he he was three quarters of a million dollars in debt, and he's just starting to get this revelation, and God's beginning to bring him out of all this stuff, and he says uh he said this church called said we want to be a blessing to you. We want to uh. We, we're putting you in a five-star hotel. We want to know what is your, what's your favorite thing to have to drink during the day if you had to have something to drink. We want to know. We, we want to make sure you have that in your hotel. What are your favorite snacks? What, what are your favorite foods? Where do you, what would you like to have to eat? Is there anything in particular you would like to have? We just want to take care of you. And so he, he said, he said in, the, in the recording, he said, those aren't the questions I was accustomed to being asked. I don't know if you all know this or not, but once you get into a place where you got some money, those are questions people ask you. Once you get in higher places, of, once you have more authority, even in the earth, when, when, you, ha- when you have a position of higher authority, those are the questions that people want to ask of you. They want to know. Most of us, no one's asking. It's like, take what you get. You get what you get, you don't throw fit. When you impoverish, you get what you get. You don't throw a fit. When you're on the low end of the spectrum, you got what you got. Are y'all hearing me today? And here's what, here's what some of you well, well, you know the Lord hit the hip. He wanted me to have something more, really. So you you don't have anything more, and you're not farther along in your faith and in the things of God and in your gift and in your ministry because it, because if it was the Lord's if it was the Lord's will, it would. Is the Lord's will for all men to be saved? Is everybody going to be saved? No. So you can't count on if it's God's will, it's just automatically going to happen. Because it's God's will for everyone to be saved and not everybody's going to be saved. So you got to throw that out the window. That if it's God's will, it'll happen for you. No. You, if, if It's God's will for all men to be saved. But if you're going to be saved, you have to involve yourself. There's something that you have to do. You have to. Is that still up there? You have to pay much closer attention than ever to the truths that you have heard, lest in any way you drift past them and slip away. See, you held, you held to the truth of salvation most of the time. But when you didn't, what happened? You started to, oh, come on, somebody. Oh, I'm preaching. I, I should have got two shoes by now. But see, that's a, that, we don't understand that that's poverty mentality. It's a poverty mentality when you're like, well, you know, what, I, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then we talk to someone like Michael, which I've, I've talked to, my, and Michael say, it's going to take X amount of dollars for me to even get in my, I ain't even getting in my car. Mm-hmm. Listen, I ain't even taking the drug. It's going to take X amount of dollars for me to get out of, I ain't getting out of bed if it ain't getting in. And, and you know, and you know what some people say? How dare you! He just made me feel so bad because he made it seem like I didn't, I was just like I was just nothing, like I had nothing. <laughs> we we getting upset with a man that dropped out that dropped out of high school, got on roofs as a teenager with a bunch of roughnecks. Partied all the time, <laughs> hammering nails into shingles, working for his dad. That came from that, from being a roofer. You think, well, he it's he, he, he just his daddy. You don't know his daddy. His daddy ain't giving him nothing. Right. <laughs> you, 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 you forget we're Mexican. Mexican. I don't know about anybody else, but Mexican daddies ain't handing out nothing for nothing. <laughs> Instead of saying, maybe he has something there. Right. Maybe I ought to start thinking different. Amen. I, know, I know I'm, I'm, I'm using an example with money. But what we start talking, the anointing, the power of God, right. the move of the Spirit. Right. See, we got we to think about all those things in the, the same fashion. We have promises for all these things. So let me get back to Dr. Thompson. I, I ought to finish up. Um, so he, uh, and I promise I'm, I'm coming in for a landing. I, I'll, I'll finish with this. And then we'll, we'll, we'll continue. We'll get, well, well, we'll do what we gotta do. Anyway, so Dr. Thompson said, uh, he said, I felt uncomfortable that they wanted to treat me so good. Listen, when you're impoverished, you don't feel good about people treating you good. That's right. When you, when you got a poverty mentality, you squirm and you... First, first time I bought a suit that they had to fit to me, that they had to tailor. Maybe I was uncomfortable because I had seven people around me measuring me, putting stuff on me, telling me how delicious it looked. <laughs> okay. I know. See, some of you are like really. See, because you, some of you never experienced that. We watched it on Pretty Woman. See, some of you never been to a place where when you walk in and you're shopping, they ask you, would you like something to drink? Well, what do you have? Well, what do you want? Go ahead You know what your poverty mentality says? you you be thirsty, you'd be like, oh no, it's okay. And, and you know what you think? You think you're being humble. What you're being is stupid. You ought to be saying, uh, I'll take a, a Dr. Pepper, do you have anything to eat? <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, some places you go to, they're going to find you something. They're, they will go out and get you something to eat. See, some of you used to go in and sitting at a car dealership for four or five hours. Listen, when you, when you start to realize, do you know not everybody go into car dealership and sit there half of the day, three quarters of the day to buy a car? Some of us call them up and say, this is what I want. This is what I'm paying for it. Call me if you can do it. That's right. Oh, go ahead now. And then you get the phone call. This is what we can do. If if you decide to do it, you say, all right, get the paperwork together. Uh, Bring it to my house at 11 tomorrow. Bring it to the house. I'll sign the papers. And uh, I can't give you a ride back. You're going to have to send somebody behind you to take you back. (laughs) That's right. You know what? Some of you are like, well, I would never do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. That, and you waste a half of your day, half of your, half of your life oh, sitting go in a... Ahead now. Uh-huh. That's right. Come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We've done it. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. Some, some of you more concerned about a test drive. Mm-hmm. They all drive the same, by the way. And if it don't drive right, you just have them take it back and fix it. That's right. It's pulling to the left. Can you take it back, get in alignment, and bring it back to me? That's right. Go ahead. And I'll yes. Oh, go ahead. That's right. Take it, get it fixed. <laughs> then you have someone come, and they leave a car with you. Here, drive this until we get it fixed nicer card than what you got because they want to try to get you to upgrade next time. But see, some of y'all don't, know, some of y'all, all y'all have ever experienced is if you want to test drive this, I need your license, insurance, fingerprints, and a blood sample. You got one of your kids with you, you're gonna to have to leave them here until you come back. Poverty mentality. Well, praise God. Amen. But my, my point my point is this. We let things we let things that are contrary to the truth cause us to slip away and wonder why then we don't inherit the promise. Go ahead now. Dr. Thompson, he said he was uncomfortable. You know why? Because Dr. Thompson had lived in a poverty yep. in poverty. But he said he got, he told him. he told him what he liked. He told them what he liked to eat. He wasn't demanding. He was like, y'all don't have to do this. Y'all don't have to do this. They're like, we want to do this. He said, okay. They said, what kind of car would you like to drive? He's like, I don't care. They said, no, we want to give you what you want. What kind of car do you want to drive? Well, if you could drive any car while you were here on the island with us, what would it be? And he's like, I don't care. And he said, the Lord's telling him, boy, you better start caring. Right. You better start caring about where you're going, what you're doing. Oh, yeah. And so he, Dr. Thompson said, you know, my dream, my dream car is a white diamond Cadillac DeVille. It's yeah. right. Awesome. So right then. I knew he was black or Hispanic, <laughs> white diamond Cadillac DeVille, right? Yeah. White diamond Cadillac. DeVille. Remember that white diamond Cadillacs? My dad had one. My dad had, a, my dad had a white diamond Cadillac Deville, boy. You know, my dad was rolling in it too, boy. <laughs> you can all see my dad. He's all flashy getting out of it. Oh. Uh, they said, We're going to get you a white diamond Cadillac. So, anyway, he, he flies to Hawaii. They fly him in. He gets to the airport. When he gets to the airport, they, they greet him, they meet him there. They, he gets his luggage, they grab his luggage, they, they take him outside, they said, we've already got the car, but they said, Dr. Tom, Thompson, we're sorry, we couldn't, find a, we couldn't find a white diamond Cadillac DeVille. We searched the whole island, and there's not a white diamond Cadillac DeVille on the islands. There, it, there's just not one. So we did our best, and we apologized that we couldn't do better, but all we could find is this white Ford Crown Victoria. That's the nicest car that they had. So Dr. Thompson was like, oh, it's okay. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. You know what? When, when people are trying to do something good for you, and you're, you're a minister of the gospel, you're grateful, aren't you? Well, you're grateful. That's right. You're grateful to God. If someone hands you a dollar, you're grateful. Right. If they're doing their gut level best, you're like, praise God. And I mean, you're not going,
1: dollar, what's this?
0: Why ain't you, you got it? You ain't got nothing else. I've seen some people do that, but that's not, that's out of a wrong spirit. We're grateful for everything. But when God, when God's dealing with you, now this, this is where this, say this with me, say, this is the important part of the story. Psalm so listen real close. Oh, yes. This is the important part. So listen. So Dr. Thompson's like, it's okay. I don't, I don't mind. So they put all of his bags in it shut it, shut it up. He got in the car. They closed his door for him and everything. I mean, they're treating him like a king. He said he got in that, he got in that crown victory. He's like, thank you, Lord. Boy, I'm blessed. Thank you, Lord. And he put that thing in drive. And the Lord said this to him. The Lord said, oh, so you're going to, you're going to settle for less than what you, than what you desire. Your dream was a white diamond Cadillac DeVille. The minute they handed you a white crown Victoria, you was okay with that. He said, son, if you're going to get what I need for you to get, you're going to have to become unsettled. You're going to have to be determined that you're going to contend for what I told you you can have and not what satisfies you. See, what we, what we don't understand is that if we'll settle for less than what God has for us, the devil will give you less just to keep you off of what God has for you. And when we settle for less, it puts us in an attitude where we won't go as far as we need to go with... Is anyone understanding what I'm saying? So what Dr. Thompson was saying was this. It's not that God didn't like what those people did. It had nothing to do with Listen, it had nothing to do with that church, it had nothing to do with them people, it had nothing to do with the it had nothing to do with the value of that car. What it had to do with was the dream that Dr. Thompson had to drive in a white diamond Cadillac. He was willing to give up his dream and settle Instead of persevere and not let slip or drift away from. And so when he saw it, the Lord told me, he said, you can never get where I need you to go if you settle for less. Well, when he said that, he threw that car in the park. He jumped out of that car and he said, the Lord ain't pleased with this Crown Victoria. He wasn't telling them that God doesn't like Crown Victoria's. He wasn't saying God says crown Victorias are cheap. The Lord was saying he wasn't pleased with the attitude that almost came into his heart when he sat in that crown Victoria. So you know what he did? He got out of that car. He ran into the rental car place. He said, listen, uh, search and see if you got a white diamond Cadillac DeVille. Because I called, I call, that's what I, the, the, the Lord said, what did I want? That's what I told him. I told him that's what I want. It has nothing to do with these people. That's what I told the Lord. He, he encouraged me to say what I wanted. You know what? The Bible says, I will say what I have and I'll have what I say. Go ahead now. That's right. That lady started clicking around. She goes, well, you know what? One just, she said, one just came into inventory just a couple minutes ago it just came off the boat we just prepped it and they just now put it in, this is, you, you are going to be the first one this car literally only has like 27 miles on it, you're going to be the first person to drive around in this car boy, she said, you're lucky, he said no, I'm blessed yeah. and he said, when he drove off in that, car, in that white diamond category, he said the Lord is pleased with this because he wasn't compromising because he wasn't now see that that made the story sound a little bit different than the way it was told to me because when we look at it because God is because God has never maybe we've never been able to hear God say to us i don't want you to settle for this because we thought it was prideful or because we thought we were being materialistic or we thought we were you know we ought to just be satisfied and you know the bible talks about being content and, and we should be content no matter what state we find ourselves in, but not content in the way where we're settling for less, content that we're content with him, that he's everything. But we need to contend for the fulfillment of his promises in our life. Church, you know what you ought to be contending for? A move of God's spirit like we've never seen before. A demonstration of the power of God, like we've never seen manifest. Your ministry, you know what, Carolyn? In the name of Jesus, your ministry coming, uh, springing forth and flourishing, and God sending people to you that uh, that open doors for you to be able to do the ministry. God, man, we need to contend for that. You know, what we need to contend for two and a half million dollars so we can get out of this building and go down there and get in that new building and have plenty of room for us to do everything that God. Are y'all hearing me today? Amen. Not for grace from a bank to give us a loan. My God, you know what? Two and a half million dollars is nothing for our God. I mean, if he can give us five dollars, he can give us five million. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. We're, we're about to get more aggressive in our faith than we ever have before. We're about to get more aggressive in our... You know what happens when you get out there and you get aggressive? God meets you in that place. Oh yeah. I, I'll, I'll tell you this and I'll, I'll quit with this. I, I'm, I'm not finished. I've, I've only just started. But anyhow, uh, this will be enough for now, I reckon. Before we, w- 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 before we were in this building, we were in a building over on Western um, meeting in another church, another church building. Thanks, baby. Uh, we were m- meeting in another church building sharing that building with two other churches. First it was one, then it was two. And so we met on weird times and off days. And we didn't have the freedom to be able to do. During COVID, when everybody shut down, we didn't want to shut down. We felt like we, felt like we needed to fight. We felt like we needed to fight the battle. We, you know, if in fact, if we'd have had our own building, we'd have had a COVID treatment center right here. We'd have put a I'd have put a sign up out there that said COVID cure. Yep. That's right. Yep. We'd opened up that door, and I don't care if anybody else would have been in here but me. I, when they come to, I'd have laid my, I laid my hands on lots of people with COVID during that time. I would tell people, we'd go to revival, I'd say, if you have someone that has COVID in your family, let me know. I will go and I will personally minister to them. People in church, well, are you serious? What if you get sick? I said, what if I don't? It's like, you could die. I said, or I could live. That's right. Amen. Isn't this what we were created for? That's right. That's right. Go ahead, man. Weren't we created to live for him? That's right. yes. I know. Listen, I know it's a stretch for some of you. It'll be all right. Just, it'll be okay. Don't get, but don't get mad at me to justify yourself. Don't Go do ahead, that. Just own what you own where you're at and just stay in there and be good with it. But for me, when, when that COVID thing came out, I was like, oh, oh, oh. This is why I was created. Okay. God made me for such a time as this. That's right. This is the kind of fight I've been looking to fight. Go ahead, this is the kind of devil I've been looking to whip. They shut us down over that building. They sh- they kicked us out. I mean, not, not that they kicked us out and we couldn't have church. When they kicked us out, they said, we're closing, you're closing. Like, well, well, we don't want to close. Too bad, you're closing. So the Lord spoke to me and he said, you've got to be careful who you're running with. You need to quit running with these people. You need another building. Man, I got aggressive. I got up and told y'all, though y'all, y'all that were here, you remember. I got up, I said we got to get out of this building. Lord says, we got to get out of this, but that's all I needed. You know what? I'd have stayed at that building forever. But when the Lord said, get up out of here and we what we started doing, we started looking. We started, we started pushing buttons and pulling levers. Some of what we were doing didn't work out. In fact, someone, someone thinks they took money from us. They didn't really take money from us. They heaped a curse on their head. Those idiots, should have never, they should have never kept that, but they should, have given, they should have given it back and given us more. But they didn't. And you know what? I, you haven't heard me talk about it not one time. It's the first time I've ever said anything about it. You know why? I have no animosity toward nobody, but here's the thing. I know good and well that they weren't taking my money, they were taking God's money. They weren't taking y'all's money, they were taking God's money. You don't take God's money and get away with that building probably falling down right now. Anyhow, so we, uh, so then we came here. Now listen, listen to me. Nothing changed. Listen, listen to what I'm saying. Nothing changed in the finances of the church at all to facilitate us going from paying Less than $2,000 a month. That's all we paid at that building over there. We paid less than $2,000 a month to where we're paying over $5,000 a month here. That's just, for, that's just, the, that's just the, to occupy the building. We're paying more than $5,000 a month here. Now, we was paying less than $2,000 a month there. No utilities. We didn't have to pay for paper towels, toilet paper, we didn't have to pay for uh, our insurance was cheap. We didn't have to pay for trash. We didn't have to pay for all we had to pay was that two less than two thousand dollars a month. We come over here over five thousand dollars a month we pay in this building, utilities, uh, you know, ga- gas, electric, water, trash, landscaping, higher insurance. What else? Supply. Now we got to buy our own toilet paper, paper towels, soap, Wi-Fi. Do you know what happened to our finances? The month we left there and started here, do you know what happened? Nothing. Nothing bad. Well, something did happen. You know what happened? Our money went up to facilitate our obedience to do what he told us to do. Okay. We st- we've got the exact same amount of money in the bank today that we had two, two and a half years ago when we walked into this building. And our expenses have gone way up. Go ahead, man. And, and y'all looking at me like that's not a big deal. When is, the, when is the last time you did that? When's the last time you elevated your lifestyle that much and it had no impact on your checking account? Never, right? Unless the Lord was in it. Happened, happened when God said, I want to give you an airplane. I was like, well, Lord, I ain't paying for it. He's like, I didn't ask you to pay for it. I told you I'm giving you one. When that airplane came, I remember that year I went to the accountant. I said, by the way, we bought an airplane. He said, you can't afford an airplane. I said, well, we bought one. He said, why didn't you come talk to me about it? I would have advised you against it. I said, because the Lord told us to get an airplane. So we got an airplane. He's like, he just looked at me, shook his head like I was an idiot. I was like, I'm going to do what God says. I ain't doing what you tell me to do. I'm doing what God said. You just need to do our taxes. He got done with our taxes that year. You know what he did? He came to me and he said, "Uh, Ziggy, I want to apologize to you. He said, I've never seen anything like this. He said, when did you get that airplane? I said, we got it in this such and such. I can't remember now. We got it in this month. He said, do you know from that month on, all of your money went up in order to facilitate it. He said, y'all are increasing in your your income. He said, dude, you spent $21,000 in fuel in two months. He said, he said, he said, all I can say is the Lord is blessing you. I said, amen. And and do you know what? Things have never changed. It has not changed since. When you step out and you start not letting these things slip, you take heed to the truth of God's word. Are you all getting this? When you hang on to it, man, like it's life or death. And you start stepping out like God tells you to step out. He will meet you. Yes, he will. Some of you waiting for him to do something for you before you step out. Come on! And God is waiting for you to obey him. And do what he tells you to do. And he will meet you at that place that you think will be a place of deficit. And he will bless you. So when it comes to these things, and and I'm talking about everything, anointing, gifts of the Spirit, uh, revival, finances, uh, uh, lost loved ones, family members saved. Go ahead now. You know what's going to happen? The world, when you start stepping out there, there are going to be people that try to get you to slip by getting you off of the truth that you heard. Look what was happening to Dr. Leroy Thompson. People were telling a lie on him. The enemy was trying to get him to slip. You know what causes some of us to slip up? You know what? You know, you know, Cherie, she's pretty aggressive. Um, some of us, we, when we encounter Cherie, we kind of, you know, and I'm, I'm watching y'all, and she knows this too. You know, people... People really aren't as uh, unaware as some of you think. Some of you, you get a certain vibe when Cherie comes around, like a get away from me vibe. Because you've been accosted by Cherie many times. Do you know what that does? That works on the truth that God put in her, it starts working on her flesh. The devil starts working on her soul. You know what he starts saying? Nobody likes you, Sheree. You need to take a different approach. Now, the approach that she's taken is the truth that God gave her. Oh, yeah. I've never seen anyone win a Muslim in three minutes. Like the, I've never seen it. I'm going to tell you guys. Listen, you don't understand. Y'all still yet don't understand the gift that sits in our church. Go ahead, man. Some of these gifts that are up in here, some of y'all don't understand. You don't get it. You really don't. You really don't. Because I watch some of y'all roll your eyeballs at the gift. Oh, go ahead man. I hear some of you all like you know like you know better. Like you know better. Like you've done it better. Go ahead now. Right. And I've never seen you in a picture at Bricktown. And I've never seen you in a hospital video. But you're going to tell the one that God gave the truth to. How they can do it better. And then make them uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, all right, all right. I get it, I know go to outreach, okay well we don't understand that does to that how would you feel? what would you, you know what we start to do We we start to think about people's opinions of us and then we start changing things based on people's opinion pretty soon we're not selling as much because we went off of, well you know you're a little pushy Eric You sell to 100 people the same way over and over. Then you get one that, that's contrary. Go ahead, man. And we don't listen to the 100 that we just sold to. The thing that we go to bed thinking about is the one person that was contrary. Right. The one person that said, I really, you know, I'm, I appreciate you coming. But man, you know, you're just, you're too extra for me, bro. You just come across as being too extra. And you know what you start doing? You start letting it slip. You start, you start not giving heed to the truth that you know. Are y'all hearing me today? Come on, Gabe, get up here so I know I'm finished. Amen. So you know what? You know people like 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 Ted, you know, how I, mean, I had a preacher call me one time. We'd like to have you come back and preach, brother. I'd taken Ted with me out there. He's in Houston, Texas. I said, sure, we'd love to come back. He said, all right. He said, but I, could you do after we After we scheduled it, we got the dates down. It was all settled. He said, oh, by the way, he said, if you would, don't bring that fellow with you that you brought before. I said, I said, who are you talking about? That one fellow, that big fellow that he's always shouting and laughing. I said, you mean Ted? He said, yeah, that guy. He said, uh, he made my people real uncomfortable. <laughs> and, and some of them they they, they some of them complained because they couldn't hear over the oh they couldn't hear what you were saying over him saying amen and laughing. Oh, amen. You know, it's in those moments you have to make a decision. Right. I, yeah. I was sitting there and I was like, you know, Ted has traveled with me from here to Ten 2. This man is the man whose transmission went out eight times when he was trying to pick me up. When I was abandoned, nine—he wants to correct me. Nine times. <laughs> he's like, he's like, yeah, I don't want to miss out on that one lesson. The dude literally pulled the transmission. Him and Debbie pulled the transmission out of their van nine times in an attempt to pick me up in Ohio when a church left me kicked me out on the street took advantage of me right. oh, yeah. threw me out on the street had no place to, ted nine to literally it, within a four-day period that transmission went out nine times and in a four-day period they changed the transmission out in that Econo Line van nine Them, themselves, in the front of their, not in a shop. They were living in a trailer park, oh, yeah. in a mobile home. And they did it out in front of that mobile home in the street with a couple of floor jacks That's right. and some tools that Ted had since high school. Yeah. <laughs> They'd take it to the transmission shop. The transmission shop would rebuild it. They were befuddled. They were like, we don't understand what's happening. I knew what was happening. There's a devil loose. Oh yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. you know, that'll, that'll make you back off of the truth that you heard. Heck, some of y'all, it'll have taken one time. My transmission went out. I ain't going to make it. You're going to have to find something else. No, but Ted call, calling me. I'm, I call him on the payphone. I'm four days in. I'm sleeping on a church bench. Oh yeah. I'm like, Ted, you all right, man? Where are you at? And he's crying on the other I'm trying, brother. The devil's trying to stop me. I'm sorry.
1: I'm trying.
0: I'm really trying. Okay, Ted, just keep me posted, man. In the name of Jesus. I curse that trouble. Finally, some woman said, "I'll take you. You can use my van." They jumped in her van, drove to me, to 14 hours, 14 hours, right? Nonstop, with Tabitha in the back. Tabitha was a baby; she don't remember. She was in the back, just a baby. Ted's hauling his baby around. They come pick me up. 15 hours. Ted, he, they met me in the parking lot of a shopping mall. I'm there, hungry and tired. By then, I'm looking like a hobo. Go ahead, man. I'll talk about that. Van door opens up. Ted's snotting and slobbering and crying. <laughs> That's right. He he reaches he reaches out. He grabs me. Listen, he gives me the giantest hug, and he's like, oh, "I'm so sorry. I would've come. I, I was trying. I was." I said, "Ted, thank you." Thank you. Thank you. Oh yes, thank you, Jesus. Some of us we give up too easy. We turn loose of the truth that God gave us. That's right. Oh, go ahead. Oh, thank you, Lord. And some guy from Houston is saying, leave him at home because he bothered some of their folks. (laughs) (laughs) This is the brother that caught people. Every meeting I've ever been, at. just caught him. That I would preach and he'd shout amen even if he heard me say it 25 times. Act like he is hearing that message for the first time. Sometimes I think he was. I think he had been drifting a little bit. (laughs) And then some old boy in Houston get this great idea, leave him at home. I hung up the phone with that pastor and I was like, Ted, they want me to leave you at home. You you bothered him too bad last time. I remember tears filling Ted's eyes. You know what? He could have either drifted away from the truth that God had put in him and said, well, maybe I'll be more quiet what would we do what would we be doing if we had a quiet tent he could have drifted off the truth see some of you let the opinions of men the opinions about supernatural opinions about supernatural my God every one of you ought to be saying bless God I'm going to be in the million flow amen I'm going to have millions of dollars pastor I'm going to be the first one to write you a million dollar check I'm going to be the first one I'm going to be the first one and then fight over it. Be like, no, I'm going to, no, I'm going to be glory to God. But you know what? You know what we let people do? We let, we let people get us off of that. We let people's opinions. We let people's opinions move us off of the truth that God's put in us. Don't do it. Church, be strong. I told Ted that about that guy. Tears filled his eyes. He said, well, pastor, that's all right. Or brother Z, that's all right. You go on ahead. The Lord will do something with it. I was like, heck no. I called that guy back. I said, hey, bro, I ain't coming. I said, cancel that. I, I can't make it. He said, well, why not? I said, well, I ain't going without Ted. He goes, well, that's not very professional. I said, well, I guess I'm not professional then. I said you can have all the professional you want. I said that guy there we're a package deal. I said we're, we're it's like Jesus and the Father. Jesus said if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I tell people if you've seen me, you've seen Ted. We're a pa- we're a package deal. We've been a package deal now for 37 years. 37 years right there. <laughs> Stand up everybody all over the place. 37 years. don't let anyone get you off of what God said don't let anyone get you off of what God said once you get that truth hang on to that truth you need to hang on to that truth like a dog on a postman's leg (laughs) oh yes. don't let go (laughs) you ought to let Ted tell you some of the stories of ministry he has a different perspective in one or two of them he'll try to throw me under the bus a little bit (laughs) I know God's stirring some things in your hearts and I know I kept you long it's nothing new. <laughs> Dad, did you get yeah, see? Oh, yeah. I'm just making up for lost time. I'm taking the rest of Annie's time today. <laughs> Can I tell him Bob about what happened to you? Can I tell him? Last night of revival, man, Gabe got rocked power of God hit him. He's laid out on the floor. He's on the floor trembling. He gets up off the floor. He can't even bend his fingers for the anointing that's on him. He's like, dad, I'm like electrified. He's weeping. I said, well, what's the Lord saying? Are you hearing something? He's like, no, he didn't tell me the truth, but I said, well, I said, sit, I said, sit "Sit." "Sit over there until the, I said, sit over there. Just keep sitting. Just sit over there. Let let, let the Lord mess with you. And he's just crying and weeping. We were there. We were there late, later than this. And we need to come home, you know. We got to get in the airplane after this. Come home. When he finally sat in the car, I was like, what's going on? And then he said, uh, or when we were sitting somewhere, he said, uh, I saw myself he said I saw myself with a Bible marking it in a a Bible and he said and then I saw myself preaching he said dad God just called me to preach he just called me to preach I was like he's like did you ever did did you ever hear that I was like yeah but I wasn't going to tell you I was waiting on the Lord to tell you there have been others of you you've heard it, y'all have heard it well guess what, he got the call Spirit of the Lord came up, God anointed him activated something in him he's like, I thought I was only going to do music but the Lord's really called me to preach he said, I don't know how I feel about that I said, well you feel like I did I, you know, I didn't really want to preach it wasn't that I was going to resist but I, it wasn't something I was like oh my big dream is to preach when God said it, I was like, well, I've never thought about that. I, I guess I will if that's what you want. I mean, I will if you want me to. If I had my brothers, I'd rather do something else. But, but that's how the call comes. Now, he'll have to hang on to that truth. Because you know what? There'll be people that'll try to tell them otherwise. They'll try to tell you otherwise. But you're not going to be moved in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Say this with me. Say, I'll not be moved by anything but the truth of God's word. His word is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. It is not a lie because God is not a liar. Satan is a liar and the father of liars. I will not listen to the lies. But I will establish myself upon the truth, his truth, not my truth, his truth about me in Jesus' name. If he says I'm mighty, then I'm mighty. I am not lowly because he said I'm mighty. If he said I'm mighty, then I'm mighty. I'm mighty. If he said I'm anointed. Said anointed. Then I'm anointed. I'm anointed. If, he preach, if he said I'll preach. Then I'll preach. Then I'll preach. If he said, I'll have, miracles, if he said then I'll have miracles. Then I'll have miracles. If he said I'll prosper. Said I'll prosper then I'm going to prosper. Gonna In the name, name the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah. See, I, I feel it. I feel it. I feel it revving up right now. Yay. Glory to God, glory to God. You know what? If He said we're gonna go out of here and over, and as some of you don't know, but there's a building over here. Two million is what the two million something they're asking for it. Uh, Michael, I believe what Michael said. One point. That's what we're declaring. 1.5 million. But we're calling in 2.5 million. Because you know what? We're going to want to do some stuff. We're going to want to do some stuff. Twyla's going to want to do some stuff. I I turned Twyla and Michael loose in this place. Listen, we're going to turn them loose again. It's like, just do what you do. And then when you're done, tell us so we can come back. Eric, yeah, Eric built this drum game. You know, he's like, pastor, just trust me. I said, I trust you. He said, just go away for a few days and come back. And if you don't like it, I'll tear it out. I didn't even come over here for a couple. I didn't even watch it happen. He sent me pictures. But When I came back, I was like, no need to tear it out. Amen. It worked. Glory to God. But we're, we're going to, if he's, you know what? If he says that's ours, ain't nobody going to tell us no different. It's ours. It's ours. And every penny, debt-free, interest-free. Interest-free and debt-free is coming into our hands for us to be able to do. And you know what? You say, well, what about this building? Well, we'll make it a daycare. You know what? No, you know what we ought to do? We'll make it a Christian school. We'll send all our kids to school here. Yay. Amen. We'll make, we'll make Hilda the principal. <laughs> Glory to God. Right. <laughs> 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 we'll make Shelby the P.E. director. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Thank God. But I want you to think of the promises that God has made you. I want you to take hold of them. Write them down to this afternoon. Write them down. And begin to declare them. I'm going to get aggressive with you and we're going to believe God. And we're, we're going we're to get aggressive in our pursuit of the things that God has said to us. And we're going to see them come to pass in the name of Jesus. This is a season of manifestation where things go from confession to possession. Amen. This is our season of possession name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for what you've said. I thank you for what you're doing. God, you are a good God. You you have done great things for us. And so Lord, my prayer today is that your hand will rest upon us. That you'll lead us and guide us by your spirit. Lord, that we will uh, realize all the things, Lord, that you have supplied and provided for us in the name of Jesus. Lord, not just through the realization in our minds or in our heads, but that realization of them coming into manifestation in our lives. Becoming what some people would call a reality in this realm. So Lord, I thank you. I thank you today. I come into agreement with everyone that's here in this place. I come into agreement with them and with you, Lord, that we're going to hold fast to that which you've spoken, that which we've heard. So that when the obstacles come, the lies come, when we're tempted to compromise because of the opinions of men, that we won't let them slip, but we'll believe them wholly and fully to completion in the name of Jesus. Lord, I know this is a key. This is a key to us seeing The fulfillment of what you've called us to do, what you've anointed us to do in Jesus' name. I thank you. I thank you, God. There's not one person in this building you haven't brought here for such a time as this. We're in place. Have your way in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Just one last thing. Say one last thing with me. Lift up your hand and say, Lord, have your way. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise God praise God well glory to God since I've consumed most of the time with preaching boy I had I was full today but uh, I'm gonna turn you loose Wednesday uh, Wednesday we're coming back together I will be here Wednesday I've been I've been talking about specifically about supernatural increase Uh, if you if you want to get set free from a spirit of religion when it comes to finances come on Wednesday You'll either get free or you'll get mad. One or the other. But it'll help you. It'll help you. We're, we're, I'm just preaching the word. So it's been, it's been good. Um, make sure if you don't have the Winner's Church app, download the Winner's Church app. All of the messages are on there Sunday and Wednesday. It's, it's, not, a, it's not a substitute for coming to church, but it definitely help you if you can't make it. And I encourage you to listen to all of the recordings that we have. If you need prayer today, if you need some special ministry, don't leave here. Come forward and let us pray for you. Uh, I'm going to have the elders come. I'll have uh, Michael and Twyla, will you come? And um, David and Hilda, will you come? And Ted and Debbie, will you come and just stand here? And if you need prayer, come and receive prayer. And uh, uh, Pastor Annie, come, you pray. Um, but if, you, if, you, if you're going to go, I'm going to turn you loose. Uh, I don't see anything wrong with you hanging out here and having fellowship. I don't think you'll be too much of a disruption unless you come up here and start talking to someone who's receiving ministry. Don't do that. But, uh, um, but if you need some sort of ministry, healing, deliverance, uh, maybe you need direction from God. Maybe you need a financial miracle. Uh, you know what? I'm believing every one of you are going to go free this, that, that your loans are going to be paid off in Jesus' name. Amen. Cars are being paid for. Houses are being paid for in the name of Jesus. Thank God. Amen. Amen. New cars are coming to you in Jesus' name. If you're driving a rattle trap, God's going to give you a better car. Amen. If you're in a jacked up house in a bad neighborhood, God's going God's to fix it in Jesus' name. We're, we're going to believe God. But if you need prayer for anything, then come. Father, thank you for what you've done, what you've said. Lord, go with us as we go from here today. Uh, we thank you, God. All glory and all honor go to you. Bring us back, Lord, Wednesday, and next week we come, we'll come, Lord, with expectation. In Jesus' name, and everybody that believed it said amen.